Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and welcome, welcome to Fearlessly Authentic where we talk to people who have overcome obstacles like fear and are living their most fearlessly authentic life. And it's not always so easy. For me, it took a long time for me to start taking risks. And once I started doing it, I started building more confidence. And it's an everyday thing that I work on because we don't just, we're not just born into the world and start living a fearlessly authentic life. It starts with taking risks. It starts with believing in yourself and finding that power that you can stand in. And that's where you start talking about your truth. And it's very fulfilling and beautiful when you feel like you are really doing that. And our guest today is going to be fearlessly authentic. And I can't wait to introduce him uh, because he has some exciting news to share with us. So if you are new to the show, welcome, and I'm excited to share this episode with you. You can check us out on YouTube and on all streaming podcast platforms if you missed the live show. All of my um, platforms are at Jody Harrison Bauer and YouTube, so you can check out my very handsome guest today and me. I'm always dressed in black. Um, we match today. And... Yeah. You can see us chatting. Just don't do it while you're driving the car. So also make sure to review, rate, and subscribe. We have a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We love that. Love to hear from you. My most favorite thing to talk about with my guests is, is relationships. Relationships, I am obsessed with learning more and more about them because I also believe that if you're not happy in your relationship, in your personal life, it does affect you in all other parts of your life. And that comes with starting my background's fitness. It starts with fitness, health, wellness, and, you know, standing in your truth, coming from all of that confidence. So thank you again for joining us. I'm going to get right into the show today because I'm super excited to introduce my guest, Romeo Alexander, from this last episode, uh, season of Bachelor in Paradise. Welcome, Romeo. Hi, Jody. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for finding the time to be on the show. I'm sure you have been very, very busy. <laughs> yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, a bit, uh, a bit busy with all the holiday parties right now. Yeah, yeah. And for anybody who doesn't watch Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, I'm obsessed with the shows. I know I'm probably not their demographic um, because I'm in my 60s. But, you know, even we women in our 60s, we like to look at good looking guys like Romeo who actually speak well nice. as well. So a little bit about Romeo. Romeo Alexander is a senior data scientist at Ramp, a financial technology startup in New York. He holds a PhD in applied math from NYU and a bachelor's degree from Harvard. Romeo was a contestant on season 18 of ABC's The Bachelorette in 2021 and season eight of Bachelor in Paradise in 2022. Romeo right. lives in Brooklyn and likes EDM. <laughs> Electronic dance music. For those Electro who don't know. 
Right. So it did say electronic dance music, but I just was trying to be really cool with you. Like I knew what I was talking about and say EDM. I do know what an EDM is. Um, so you like to dance. Yeah. That's, we didn't uh, see any of your moves on, on either one of the shows. Well, you know, I actually did dance with uh, Michelle on uh, season 18, but that was cut. So that wasn't aired. Now there was a lot that wasn't shown. <laughs> yeah. So given your background, okay. I've, yeah. You seem like you wouldn't seem like a person who would want to be on TV <laughs> looking for love. I would think that somebody yeah. that looks like you, who has your background, not to put you in a box, would say, right. hey, like this is a six foot three, good looking, well-educated, well-spoken <laughs> man. Yeah. Why do you need to go on a reality show to find love? You live in New right. York. Like, why? Yeah, I don't think anyone ever really needs to go on a TV show to, to find love. But uh, uh, the first question that the uh, casting producers asked me when I interviewed was like, well, why, are you, why do you want to do this? And I said, oh, for fun, really. Uh, but I think really the bigger context is um, that I kind of delayed a lot uh, growing up. I was uh, very focused on school and my career. I was quite a workaholic. I always kind of had uh, the, the mentality that uh, I will... I will date later. I will have fun later. And, uh, and eventually that kind of caught up to me. And the, the timing was just kind of coincidental where I had uh, just finished my PhD and started a new job. And I was starting to get out of my shell. And I had gotten out of a long six-year relationship uh, that I was in during the PhD. And uh, I was starting to be more active on social media. I was I finally downloaded Instagram much later than all of my other friends and um, and like learned what a thirst trap was and all that. And like, I, I just learned what that was last year. I had no idea. And, 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 and Grace, who we both know said to me, I yeah. said to her, what, what's a thirst trap? She goes, it's like the stuff you always post Jody. I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. But it was like kind of strange for me. Like I, I didn't get into any of that stuff until I was 29. And I feel like a lot of my friends were probably doing that when they were, like 20 or uh, 21 right. and I uh and it was around that time that the bachelor producers reached out to me um I actually had fallen into a a new relationship but it, it wasn't what I wanted long term and then when the bachelor wait how did you know that I'm gonna stop yeah. you right there how yeah, did you yeah, know? I'm throwing a lot out. yeah how did you know that that wasn't what you wanted long term well it was <laughs> After the long six-year relationship and finishing the PhD, I was kind of in the state where I wanted to explore the world. And literally a month after I finished my PhD, after I defended, um, COVID happened and everything shut down. So it was just, it was very strange because even though I, I met someone that I really liked and we had a good time together, I we both knew and I communicated very well. I was like... Now, this, this is a strange situation. Like I, I know that what I need is to experience living in a, in a non-pandemic world. So right, and I think so many people felt that way too. Yeah. So it was, you know, we're still like very good friends. But when things finally started to open up, and then I got that, uh, I guess the the first call from the producers, I saw that as an opportunity to to really experience the world to to travel and to open up my social uh, 
my social world. Uh, and, uh, and that's what motivated me. And I, I had no, uh, I guess, judgments about the show. I didn't really think it was trashy or not. I understand a lot, a lot of people think that, but um, I think a very important factor is that my father was an entertainment. He still is. He was a, a musician and a hip hop producer. And he was very enthusiastic and positive about um, doing something that would be a mix of being creative and being in the public light and having an audience. Um, I definitely know a lot of people who look down or kind of like a little snobbish even about people who even seek any attention. They see it as narcissistic. Uh, Exhibitionist. Right. But yeah. my my father always had a very supportive view of that because he sees it as a great opportunity to to connect with a lot of people um to get out of your shell like he was an introvert as well as me um and he found that uh kind of being on a on a stage was very important for his own growth and it was a way uh for him to to make friends right because like otherwise for introverts it's uh, it could be really tough. I would just, you know, be at home uh, all the time playing video games and chess and reading books. I really found that it uh, useful, beneficial to uh, to have something something to really force me to get out. So I think that's uh, really I think that's really commendable and very courageous of you. And I'm sure it was courageous of your father. He probably didn't realize it at the time <laughs> that he was putting himself out there until, you know, it's always the the dots behind us that connect us to what exactly is going on. You're like, oh, yeah, it's because I did that and I did that and I did that. And you opened up yourself. It was after the pandemic. It was after relationships you've been in. Yeah. You knew that you're shy. You're a little bit introverted. Why not push yourself? And having a parent who was in an industry where it was putting yourself out there all the time. I did the same thing after my divorce. I I started competing in fitness shows. And my friends were like, why at the age of 47 are you in stripper heels and a tiny little <laughs> bikini on stage? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to prove? And I said, I know what my skill set is I know how to present myself, probably something similar your dad said. I present myself well. I know how to walk in stripper heels and I've got a fit body and it's going to get even fitter. And I went on to win, you know, two world championships at 49. So you never know until you put yourself out there and it's scary. It's really scary because, but you're being fearless yeah. and you're being authentic, yeah. but it's friggin' scary to do that. So I commend yeah. you. Yeah, thank you, and that's uh, amazing hearing your your story. Uh, I uh, yeah, it's a, a lot that resonates with me as well. After one of my my breakups, uh, I yeah, I, I went to the gym. I started taking better care of myself, taking more photos. I had realized that I had gone years without ever really looking at myself in the mirror. That's crazy. And I like looked at my phone. I I had like no no good pictures of me for like a good six seven year stretch. It's just like a dark age. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I was thinking, oh, I don't want to be vain. I don't want to like have to photograph everything, but now looking back, I, I wish, uh, you know, <laughs> I had more photos. Right. Because it's not really, I mean, a lot of people will call it vanity. A lot of people will say that people who want to be on reality shows and I was almost on one and I, it's, it, <sighs> there's a lot that goes into it. It's not about validation, but, and I want to talk about that because you did say it was some type of validation for you. It depends on what the show was, is about, 
But it's about, you know, it's a lot more than just trying to hog the camera. And I'm sure you, I, I watched your season on The Bachelorette. So I saw all those guys who were just making shit up. And again, want to commend you on being such, um, such a man, such a, um, a stand-up man. You had manners, you spoke um, about how you felt, yet you know, you weren't pulled into all the bullshit. Like some of these guys were ridiculous on the bachelorette. We'll get into that more. Uh, But it's, it's about, I think so much about what happens to us in life is about timing. And it's you and I have talked about that late bloomer thing. I didn't start becoming myself until after I got divorced 20 years ago. So instead of being almost 62, I feel like I'm 42. And for you, you know, you started realizing, oh, like, this is who I am. This is pretty cool. But when they reached out to you, the producers reached out to you for The Bachelorette, was it some type of validation? Is that the right word to use? Uh, yes, no, absolutely. It was, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was important. It was good. Like, just the fact that they reached out to me at all was uh, enough validation. I, I didn't even need to go on the show at after that point. Right, right. Uh, I, yeah. You're it, like, it, oh it, good. Yeah, I was flattered. It felt good to to uh to know that uh, I was desirable, I guess. And I apparently I, I guess my confidence was was low enough at that point <laughs> that that uh that mattered to me. But, uh, I don't think it was so much that my confidence was low. It's just that I I feel like I really just was um <laughs> didn't have a clue or I was, uh, I, I just was in such a small circle for a long time and I didn't right. really get out much. So I, just in a didn't really have, I was in a bubble. I didn't have a lot of perspective. Um, and yeah, so I, I really appreciate that. But then a- after that, like then, you know, the, the ball got rolling and I, I really wanted to do it. I was curious. I wanted to meet these other people. And I, I was thinking that maybe I could find other people who were similar to me or had, similar backgrounds i know that there is the cliche that uh, reality tv people are superficial and a lot of people ask like really are you really gonna make friends with these people <laughs> like fall in love um but uh i yeah i'm glad i did it and i, I definitely have made some good friends um i i think it's a great way i wish they had something like that for older people you know <laughs> for well, they're doing the senior bachelor. <laughs> yeah, but they're calling yeah. senior bachelor like what, 45? Oh, maybe. I, I, I think don't they're know. trying to go older, but like that, that's something they've been working on for years. and Should be well, interesting. Well, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the process. So once once you went through like a three month interviewing process and, you know, that whole yeah. thing that they take you through. Did you know who the bachelorette was going to be? And did that have any effect on your decision on you're like, eh, I'm not really attracted to her or, oh, she seems like somebody who would be interesting for me. And I could see a possible connection. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody knew who the bachelorette was. Uh, both Katie Thurston and Michelle Young were uh, announced as uh, dual bachelorettes whose seasons would be aired in succession they were announced uh at matt james finale it was exactly a week after that that um, a casting producer reached out to me and said oh we're casting for michelle young uh are you interested um so yeah i i uh 
the first time I saw her was at the finale episode because <laughs> coincidentally, my, my dad really got into the, uh, the bachelorette <laughs> um, principally because uh, it was the first time there was a black uh, lead, a black bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw Michelle Young uh, on that episode and you know, looked her up later. And I mean, I think everybody, myself included, definitely had a lot of doubts about the the whole process. How are you supposed to, based on one uh, photo or a series of photos on Instagram, think about the possibility of getting engaged in like two months? Right. Um, I mean, it does happen to people. It happened to, uh, to Nate, uh, who uh, made it all the way on that season. But at the time, it was definitely, I definitely had to be convinced a little bit by the producers and uh, I went in with an open mind and I was like, well, let's just see if we connect um, and go from there. And I can always bow out at any time. Are they still together? Are they still together? <laughs> no, they, they broke up uh, right before I started Paradise. So they broke up um, this past summer. Yeah. Okay. Can I just, can I just say like, I don't, I can't believe she picked Nate, like Nate again, good looking guy. All the, the, the final guys were great looking, but it's like, come on. Who is, who's the guy who was on paradise? Um, Brendan. Brandon. Yeah. Who's not happily engaged. Why didn't, and I'm glad he is. I'm glad he is because I was really mad at Michelle for not choosing yeah. him. Like, how could you not choose this? Yeah. This guy who's like <laughs> crazy in love with you. Like yeah. you could tell he has integrity. And the other guy was like, yeah, I know she's going to pick <laughs> me. I know it. Like he was so cocky <laughs> through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so how not... are your relationships with, uh, yeah. So let's get into the whole oh. thing. So you get picked, you're on there. Yeah. <laughs> and so what is it really, really, really like to be, there oh i mean it was uh it was overwhelming for me there was a lot uh, of personal stuff that i really had to get through that like kind of prevented me from really connecting with michelle i was just uh i definitely had a i can't believe i'm on on tv kind of feeling and um and i was like i am i you know just obsessed with how i was coming across how i looked how i was speaking um I just wasn't very natural or relaxed. That all changed uh, in paradise. But like that first go around, uh, everything was just so stilted. And with Michelle, just had you were like, like the second guy out of the limo, right? I, I was. Yeah, I was yeah. the second guy out. Because she was like, whoa, like when yeah, you walked yeah. out and I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I uh, I think I mean, there was mutual attraction. Um, yeah. I was definitely when I got out and I saw her, I was gorgeous. I was uh, I was actually very hopeful because before looking on Instagram, I like I was like, is this really going to work? I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, I was attracted to her. She was attracting me. It did become clear eventually uh, that uh, I don't know. We just like didn't connect on in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that she was attracted to to Nate and there were like a few other guys who went far, like Martin. I think there was a certain um, type of. Who was the villain? Uh, Who was that villain guy? Martin was a villain. Jamie was another villain. Jamie. Yeah, trying, oh, he's awful. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to say this without offending people, but it's like. I'm uh, sorry. I can say whatever I want to say. Yeah. You know, some of the guys have a little more of a bad boy persona. They, they don't smile a lot. They're like very cool. Right. Um, they have swag and all that. And uh, 
that's very appealing. And a lot of women find that attractive. And I think that resonated with Michelle. She like really liked that. But there were some other guys, myself included, who were like a little goofier. And like, I, I, even just like looking at the pictures, um, a lot of the other guys like don't smile in pictures and I'm there like, (laughs) just like grinning. (laughs) And, and it's like, I not as, yeah, I was like very different, but there were a few other guys similar to me who were either like shy or reserved or maybe a little goofy, a little quirky. Um, and uh, yeah, it is what it is. And like that, you know, if we, it's hard to explain why people are attracted to. Yeah. And I traits. think, and I, I think you've really, you know, and it's hard because you've got 30 guys there who are yeah. vying for the same woman and, you know, do you, are you aggressive? I don't know how no. well I would do in a situation like that because I'm one of those introverted extroverts, those people that, you know, I'm actually kind yeah. of shy, but people think I'm super outgoing. So I don't know what that's called, but I don't like to be aggressive at all. So I think yeah. that, you know, I'm not, I would, if I was on a show like that, I wouldn't be like, get out of my way. Hey, yeah. Hey, Romeo, can I, can I talk to you out here? You know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that girl. And I think what I, you know, what I saw about you as a human being on the show was that you were very respectful, uh, could have been more assertive, could have been yeah. more aggressive, but with everything, the lights, camera, action, go. But I think yeah. towards the end, as you got used to it, before you were on there for yeah. four episodes, I mm-hmm. saw you coming out of your shell. You started expressing, you know, when mm-hmm. somebody was a jerk, you're like, yeah. dude, why do you have to talk like that? You know, you didn't <laughs> say dude, but that's me saying, yeah. pretending I'm you. But you yeah. you started voicing your opinions and I, I had wished for you that you had been like that at day one. Cause yeah. you know, and I'm sure you did yeah. too, but like, again, this was, you were out of getting out yeah. of your comfort zone. This had to be so hard. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, you know, loosened up towards the end. I, I will say two things. Like one, I, I missed out on a lot of things that the other guys on the uh, season had, such as growing up with siblings, being in a fraternity, um, just being in like large group. I think the closest thing I had to that was uh, being on a football team in high school. And that was very good and important, but I did go to a nerdy school and like (laughs) most of the other guys on the football team were similar to me. Um, So uh, I was kind of like learning very quickly uh, all sorts of social skills that the other guys already had, like from the, the beginning. Uh, so okay. That was, was that challenge, but combined with that, there was like a little bit of, even though I'm mentioning like insecurities, I did also have some arrogance in certain cases where I was like, well, surely Michelle will like me. Surely once she gets to know me, she'll be impressed by this and that. And She'll by your math impressed. skills. You were certainly, yeah. <laughs> right, that scene, that scene where you were doing math and like, well, yeah. wait a minute, this is right up Romeo's alley. Like he's going <laughs> to yeah. shine and like, she's a yeah. teacher for God's sake. Isn't yeah, she going to yeah. be impressed with his incredible yeah. intelligence? I mean, this guy went to Harvard like, yeah. what, and, and you choose Nate. Sorry, Nate. I don't mean to yeah. like, you know, I'm sure he's a smart guy too, but like, come on, right. Michelle. But, but, like, but that also <laughs> speaks to the fact that I like kind of, uh, I, I lost, I mean, I didn't really develop social skills to connect with peers, like just working so much and being in school. I was so used to getting the validation of adults, of teachers, of, of bosses. Um, and, uh, you know, I was like very much a teacher's pet. So I kind of went in thinking, oh, like, 
uh, she'll see how accomplished I am and how good I am, like on paper, I'm like dating with my resume. And I never really like, you know, knew how to, how to do all the other good, important things in life, how to sell yourself, how to connect, how to be romantic. And be right. So and what did, so what did you, when, what did you learn along the way? Did you learn, I need to do this or that? What did you learn from the guys that you respected and had some game? Let's put it that way, because you really had no game. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh, love you, Romeo, but yeah, you didn't yeah. Have much no, game. no, it's it's true, it's true. Uh, I that's one reason why I wanted to go on the show was to yeah, learn I think that's cool. Game, uh, I yeah, I feel like I kind of picked it up by osmosis from uh, everyone else. Like, I mean, I think. Uh, uh, I think a big part is the confidence to go up to people, uh, strangers, or, I mean, it depends on the environment. Just go up to someone in a bar and, uh, and like strike yeah. a conversation. I wasn't really doing that before. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, letting loose and just not being pretentious. And I mean, it was a wonderful thing for me to be in a place where I think it was the moment that I no longer felt, uh, like uh, I was leading or winning. When I first got out the limo, I was like, oh, she's attracted to me. That's great. And I felt like I was, I had an advantage. Yeah. It was when I realized that I was in the middle of the pack below that uh, I actually had the most growth. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, let me kind of watch Nate and Rodney. Oh yeah. There was a moment where oh, Rodney, Rodney right. he was on that when, season. When Rodney got a one-on-one date, yeah. the whole room actually like went quiet because Rodney was interesting where he, he wasn't like macho and a cool guy like Nate, but he was still so very attractive and, and Michelle loved him. And uh, I think that, I think everybody learned lesson there and they're like, yeah. wow, Rodney has this special something there. We, we can all did. learn from him. Right. <laughs> right. And we're going to talk about paradise and that whole yeah. thing and everything else. So when you, when it was your final episode, and you left after episode yeah. four. Did you feel, were you sad? You didn't seem particularly sad, but were you sad or were you like, you know what? This was a great experience. I'm so glad I did this yeah. on to the next. Yeah. Well, I was, I mean, it's weird because you, uh, when you're in that environment for a long time, you become friends with the producers and with the other castmates. So I was like definitely sad to be leaving the friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also sad about kind of feeling like I never really had a, a, a real opportunity to, to talk to Michelle, to connect. Um, right. At least in the moment I felt that way. Like now looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, but, I, but we had as much time as we really needed. But in that moment, yeah, I was kind of sad that I, uh, I, I didn't get one more shot at her. Uh, especially since I was, I finally felt like I was looser and more confident. I was like, oh, yeah. I want to talk to Michelle now that I, uh, uh I'm a lot more relaxed. Um, but, uh, but then, yeah, after that, I, I enjoyed, I went back to, uh, you know, the real life and I, uh, I saw what it was like to be in the real world with the renewed confidence and it felt good. I love that because nobody would ever think that somebody, and I don't mean to talk about your looks so much, but it's the whole package. Mm-hmm. So you guys listening, you need to see this on YouTube and check out Romeo also. But, um, you know, it's you have the whole package. So it's always like the really good looking ones who are like shy, lack the confidence a little bit. And then you get out there and you put, you know, because you did put a lot of 
uh, focus on your education and yeah. you're bilingual, um, but you grew right. up in a bilingual home, right? Uh, yes, I did. I spoke okay. uh, French with my mother. Uh, and so you did, you put a lot of pressure. It, it just, I get that feeling from you that it was very important for you to be successful, whatever success was, was determined by you. And then, like you said, at the beginning of the show, then put yourself out there and then yeah. came along bachelorette. Right. Well, so that was something I was struggling with during the show. And I was trying to deal with that cognitive dissonance <laughs> that you're kind of mentioning, like, like a good looking guy and like have um, such low confidence about this. And yeah. Like want to go on a TV show. And I think uh, one thing that kind of helps me think about this is, is my parents. Um, my mother is an attractive woman, always had a lot of attention, uh, gorgeous blonde hair. My dad was a musician, had a lot of attention. They were beautiful couple. Beautiful couple. Uh, but like my mother would talk about how she was picked on by a math teacher in school for her looks, for being blonde, I don't know. And just kind of like discouraged her from like being a student. And I just always kind of got a sense uh, that um, the the attention was a lot, I mean, she liked the attention, but it was also overwhelming. And it's something a lot of women deal with um, where she didn't want, she was also very intelligent, but she didn't want to, uh, you know, to, to be seen as just a, just a pretty uh, woman. And then on, on my dad's, with my dad, it's a, almost kind of like a similar story where he, he felt like the opportunities for being a star, for being very big, were limited uh, to being an athlete or a musician. And being a musician, he definitely, definitely like used his body and his sex appeal. Um, there was a picture of him at the Museum of Sex in New York at one point. And wow. like, he, yeah, he was dressed in, Oh, I want to see what they look like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. And, to like and, see what they look like. and I feel like there was almost like this insecure. Yeah. I mean, like education was important for him. And like uh, my grandmother, like demanded that he finish college. And, yes. uh, and now he's a professor in music. So he was able to combine like wow. both this very creative uh, a side of him to this intellectual side of like mm. teaching music. Um, and my, my mother now is, is happily remarried to a, to a novelist and she reads a lot. Um, but I guess the point I'm getting at is I, I feel like growing up, I, I, I saw, I was kind of dealing with this, like both my mother and father dealing with how do you balance, um, I guess. Being attractive. To, yeah, being attractive and wanting to invest in that, but also not being uh, judged for that. Uh, so that that's the background. And I think like from a young age, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do school. And I I was like, I, I wasn't trying to be cool. I didn't try to learn an instrument. Um, and I, uh, I just did a lot of math and I played a lot of chess. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about that story is I had my mom passed away a year ago. I had a very outgoing mother and mm. she was very attractive when she was in her prime. And because she was such an outgoing human being and my dad, dad was very quiet, that mm. what I tried to do is blend into the wallpaper when my mom was around because she was right. so larger than life. Yeah. that I couldn't ever compete with that, not that I was competing with my mom. So I kind of understand that. So there's that 
push pull, like, where do I fall? Like, I know I knew, you know, that I was an attractive woman, um, but I didn't want to just be, I did want the doors opening for me just because I was attractive and sexy. I wanted them to be open for, to learn more about me. So there's that, that push pull, that constant push pull, where do you go? So I kind of understand that a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> it's it's hard. So here you are, this beautiful man. You go on the show, you build more confidence. They ask you now to be on Bachelor in Paradise. How long after you left Bachelorette were you asked to come back? Do you ask for it to the producers? I know you said you had a great relationship mm-hmm. with the producers. And by the way, the the cuts of you, all the clips of you on the show were all very positive. They were, <laughs> the, you know. They were, they were very positive, you know, the nothing, nothing was negative. So it was great. Yeah. So we, we filmed uh, end of July, 2021. And then there was a reunion episode filmed uh, right before Thanksgiving of 2021. Mm -hmm. And it was around that time at the reunion that there was chatter talk about paradise and just like feeling like we should get ready for that. But um, casting didn't really happen until March, 2022. So just like a oh, few, wow. yeah, a couple months before we, we had to film. Um, but in the, I mean, like I, I was eager. I wasn't necessarily eager to go in paradise. I was just eager to meet the, the girls. I was like, I, I, I did the show. I met one woman. One on the woman show. Right. Uh, I, uh, I want to meet the other women. So I didn't waste any time reaching out as soon as it was possible. Um, uh, the woman who had been on recent seasons, um, uh, who lived in New York or who were passing through. So I uh, hung out with some of them. Uh, that's actually like not who? something like we were, who, like who, <laughs> like some of the women who ended up on Paradise, like uh, like Jill, like Jill and Kira, right. mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, and Elizabeth, you know, and then a few other names. But it, we actually shouldn't have slash aren't really supposed to hang out too much. But you all, all do. But you all do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to, at that point, Paradise, uh, there was no guarantee. There was no, mm-hmm. you know, like, no, no one's going to go. I was like, well, you know, I could just date <laughs> um, other people who, who have this interesting experience. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the end, um, me, Jill, and Kira uh, were some of the first people on the beach in paradise. And that yes, was like the first storyline. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, you were. And you were, I think, again, the second person who walked in to paradise and said, hey, Jesse, how are you? And he like, get on the beach, right? Uh, yeah, well, there was, uh, yeah, I forgot the, the exact order, but uh, I, uh, I I came in after um Jill and a bunch of other people. And once I got down there, I realized, oh, okay, I'm going to have to navigate some, uh, some pre-existing <laughs> uh, relationships. Uh, so and, uh, yeah. I watched that whole thing go down. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so I, what was going through your mind? You see Jill, you get on the beach, you see Jill, you've hung out. I don't know to what extent yeah. you hung out, but you hung out, you knew each other. Yeah. Then like, for, for those of you listening, I had never watched Bachelor in Paradise before. If if I were your age and I had the opportunity to be on either, either The Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise, I would be on Bachelor in Paradise, even though sure. like where you're living is disgusting, <laughs> like gross, like, 
yucky. I hate camping and yeah. I hate dirt. Oh, yeah. It looked disgusting and sweaty. Yeah. And you're there in like what June and July filming and it's just hotter yeah. than hell. So, but there's such, there's so many people coming in. Like you, you have new people coming in all the time and you, it's like, you get to roam around and navigate and meet people. It seems like such an easier, or more fun way to meet somebody sure. and see who you connect with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over the course of the season, there were like you know, 21 men and 21 women uh, and they kind of trickle in uh, yeah. at different times. Uh, that first day, there were 20 people overall. And um, I, yeah, everyone was a lot more relaxed. Um, everybody was like a little more used to things. And, the, and I feel like the producers kind of allowed us to a little more free reign and uh, I would just like take people aside and uh, the cameras would follow us and we, we would just talk organically. Um, whereas, uh, you know, on The Bachelorette, there was a lot more structure and formality where we kind of like line up to talk to The Bachelorette. Uh, yeah, there. yeah. And there's just, again, just one girl. Plus, you've got all yeah. your buddies who were on the season with you. Yeah. A lot of the guys. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, I mean, Brandon was there. Uh, Rodney came in, I think like the second day, right. a few days later. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And then uh, Casey was a good friend who was on a uh, bachelorette. He, uh, he's the one who broke his leg. Um, that's and, right. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. goodness. That was awful. Yeah, it was, it was tough conditions. You know, people were dehydrated and, um, and drinking a lot and, yeah. um, were you really drinking? Were, was everybody drinking as much as it seemed to be? Not, I'm, you know, I like tequila, so yeah, I'm not saying I'll, nothing. Lot, yeah, I, I drank a lot. Uh, I think, I think Brittany mentioned in the podcast recently that she didn't drink at all, like the first uh, couple of weeks. Um, I, I drank. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe that made me too loose because, <laughs> because uh, then I like later in a, an embarrassing moment. Uh, I'm uh, talking to Brittany and uh, Brittany is stone cold sober and I'm drunk and I try to kiss her and she swears my kiss. Um, yeah. But one of multiple embarrassing moments. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I let's, drank. Let's start. So you get to the beach and Jill's there. You've already yeah. connected in like a physical and mental way. I don't really know. You don't have to share it, but you know her. Uh, yeah. Well, so we, we met, uh, I actually met Kira and Jill the same day. Okay. Many months before around um, Halloween, actually. Mm -hmm. And and then after that, like uh, Jill and I, we, we like uh, texted or messaged on Instagram. Uh, and I think we saw each other maybe two more times. We went to like a nightclub and we danced. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I was like flirting with her, but it, it never, like we never, kissed um but there was still a good amount of like emotional support going on and that's where you know it kind of goes into a gray area it's like are, are we just friends good friends providing emotional support is this going is this a situation shift um, i think she wanted to like jump right on you like <laughs> i think she wanted to get into a relationship with you and then kara walks in and there's no screwing around with kara Carol wants yeah. what Carol wants. And Jill's pretty, both women are very strong-minded. Yes. So you well, must be attracted to that type of woman. Well, well. is it that I'm, is it that I'm attracted to, to that? <laughs> or they're or attracted that, to you. Or that I am 
passive and therefore allow myself to get drawn into the oh i like that i I like the awareness romeo magnetism of of dominant women um yeah it's that's another show (laughs) well yeah that that is a a consistent theme i think really what i wanted was kind of a reset and to be patient and to see what was going on and to talk to all the women and make an informed decision. Um, I saw that there was this triangle emerging and I was just thinking, okay, like that's part of the show. (laughs) The the producers may have known that like this type of thing would happen. And I was like, all right, I'll just have to deal with it. And hopefully I can kind of uh, level set. Um, But you know, ultimately, I still ended up moving too quickly on something. I think uh, both Tell Jill us, and Kira, yeah, yeah, explain yeah. that in more. Both Jill and Kira were kind of assertive, but Kira more so than Jill because Kira kept interrupting uh, my conversations with Jill. Yeah, I was just trying to have kind of like a normal, oh, like how's how's everything? How's Paradise uh, treating you? I don't know, like just starting from square one with Jill. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, all of a sudden I started feeling a rush. I, I felt this pressure. Um, and in telling Kira to back off, I told her, let me pursue Jill in peace. I re- I ended up over committing to something that I actually wasn't ready to commit to, like pursuing Jill. I really should have said, like, Kira, like, back off, let me explore right. uh, other connections. Let me talk to people, you know, I'll get back to you later type of thing. But instead it was, I, uh, I take Jill aside and, and, and Jill was asking me, I need more action from you. Right. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, okay, well I'll kiss you. And then here <laughs> it comes. And I tell Jill to go. And then I tell Kira, all right, let me pursue Jill in peace. And I, I mean, these are my actions. I chose to do this, but I feel like every time I did something, it, it really was a reaction to other people kind of giving me a prompt uh, like Jill saying, Romeo, I need action from you or Kira finally forcing the issue by getting up in my face and I have to tell her something. Uh, so I was kind of on the back foot from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause you know, I, I, I watched the whole thing and yeah they were very strong and they were kind of bossing you around. I didn't feel like you were being completely passive to be honest with you. I think, you know, you weren't like just being pulled around, but you definitely were like, okay, well, listen, I'm kind of digging Jill right now. Kira, you're sort of annoying me. So let me pursue Jill. Jill says she needs action. Okay, cool. I'm attracted to you. Let me kiss you. Let's see where this goes. And then Kara stopping over to that day bed. I'm like, Kara, stay away. (laughs) Girlfriend, leave them alone. Like, you know, then you were like, hey, you know, give me some space to. So I thought you were alert. I, I, I appreciated how much you were trying to assert yourself, but they were, they were both very, very strong women and they weren't yeah. going to, you know, back off. No, it's yeah. But I mean, it's, uh, I, I think they're, they're both wonderful. I mean, it's uh, not a dig at them. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I'm all, ab- Hey, I'm all about <laughs> empowering strong women. Yeah. So there was, um, I forgot honestly about the moment you were with um, Brittany, Brittany. Yeah. yeah. I forgot that. Sorry. Uh, Cause uh, I just remember her with Tyler most of the time. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was yeah before Tyler had arrived. I yeah. I uh, I mean, look, there were a lot of mistakes. I like, I was afraid of Jill. I mean, I I think I was afraid of. I probably would have been afraid of anybody, but I think particularly I I knew that given that uh, things had been very up and down, getting to the point of of Jill feeling comfortable with me and we were kissing, you know, I, you know, pushed the care aside and all that. I, uh, I felt like any hesitation, any bit of me saying, well, actually I need more time to explore and see what's yeah. on the beach, um, would lead to conflict. Um, and I, I, I was also, I mean, I was drinking and I was, wasn't <laughs> sure what I wanted to do anymore. Uh, but yeah, I made like a bad decision where I was like, well, let me, because I had a, some great conversations with Brittany. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Brittany. On, on day two, yeah. after all my drama. And I was like, oh, wow, where have you been? I didn't realize you were here on the beach. You're yeah, like, amazing. I want to get to know you more. Um, so <laughs> that night, that's when I made the bad decision where I was like, I want to talk to her more, see if she's interested and then talk to Jill <laughs> and uh, right. and go from there. Uh, and that would have been fine. But like when I was sitting with Brittany, uh, I uh, I did also kind of have this this thought where I was like, well, I got to be aggressive and assertive. I don't want to be passive the way I was with Michelle. Right. Uh, I really like her. And uh, I was seeing other people kissing uh, pretty quickly in, in paradise. So yeah. I went for the kiss now, like. People looking back, they're like, oh, that was the worst mistake you could have made. She was obviously not into you. You couldn't read her, her face and you uh, should have realized that uh, she was friends with Jill. I didn't know she was friends with Jill. There were a lot of mistakes, but um, uh, I mean, I own it. Like, what, uh, <laughs> Are you learn. talking to the other guys? Are the guys giving you advice? <laughs> Are you all talking to each other? And oh, saying- yeah, yeah. Like, you know, hey, uh, Johnny, who's just like, to me, like the most laid back, cool guy in the world. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I'm talking to the, oh, I was, uh, I was talking to Casey, especially, and Casey was saying, I really like Casey. Casey was like, that's, that's the most stupid thing you could do. You don't rock the boat. You gotta, you know, you know, stay the course with Jill. Uh, And I, I mean, they kind of show this moment in the show where I say, I'm not here to make friends or to find a surrogate sister. I I kind of looked at Casey. And I was like, well, so what? I just got to do something. And if things blow up in my face, then I'll deal with those consequences. But I, what I don't want is to fall into another relationship situation that I don't like. Um, and I, I didn't want to fall into something passively and then two, three weeks later, you know, be if I have a lot of regret. So I, I definitely was on the side of like, let me just do something. <laughs> no, I think what you did was great. I think, I think what you did was great. So things didn't really end well with you and Jill. No, you're walking on the beach by yeah. yourself. And it was like, so confusing between Jill, you Kira, like yeah. you're walking on the beach and Kira comes running after you. Yeah. And like, you guys had already decided that like, maybe you weren't going to hang out together. And then she's like, so, Hey, I like you. Yeah. And, it, like, it was, and then you yeah. were like, I think I like you too. <laughs> like, yeah. 
that was to me. Sorry, Romeo, a really yeah. awkward situation. I was like, and then, yeah. yeah, what was going through your head? Well, first, when I saw her, I, I was very emotional because I felt like I had put her through the ringer. I I felt personally responsible for like my rejection leading to her being sad about her whole experience on paradise. And I, uh, I, yeah, I, I just was talking to her and saying, you know, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're doing okay. Like, how are you feeling? And we really both connected um, as friends yeah. uh, who were going through some, uh, one of the strangest things you could do. <laughs> and then that escalated into a kiss and that felt good. And we had a nice, like intimate moment there. Yeah. Um, then when she asked me to leave with her, uh, that felt like it was more than just flirting and being kissed. Like everything flashed through my head <laughs> of like, okay, this is going to lead to an expectation of a relationship. Like, right. Cause that pause, you know, that pause on the show was like yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. So am I, am I ready for that? And I, I, uh, yeah, I didn't, I obviously had a lot of hesitation. Um, yeah. and yeah, eventually I said, all right. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, but it, it was like the most reluctant. <laughs> all right. It's like, all right. And I remember watching you guys leave paradise. So, so this was my yeah. first season of ever watching paradise. I'm like, they're just leaving. They can just yeah. leave. I'm like, Oh my God, he's leaving with her. And again, yeah. you know, I'm sure she's a wonderful person and so on. But I was just like, oh, Romeo, don't go yet. Yeah. You know, I wanted to see what more you were going to do. And yeah. so I was bummed that you left because I liked your character on the show. Yeah. I, I So I wanted to see nice. more, more of you. And so what's the status of, so you leave the beach with Kira. That was yeah. when? Oh, that was... Uh, Mid June, June 2022. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> now you're dating and what's going on oh, with the two of you? Oh yeah. Uh, I, I'm single now. I'm very happy to say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it was strange. It was weird. I mean, she uh, just moved to LA. I was in New York. So already mm -hmm. like, uh, I mean, after paradise, we did go on a date, you know, so we, okay. we, we, we tried, we gave it a go. Um, and then we didn't really see each other, uh, for a few months. I went to France, but then as the show started picking up again, we, we, uh, started talking to each other and then we reconnected when I went to LA and we were you know, hanging out a little more and there was, you know, uh, hope or possibility that like something could, could happen. But honestly, um, I wasn't comfortable with the pressure, with the expectation mm -hmm this feeling of like, oh, we, we should try to make this work because if it works, then we'll get more attention and we could say that paradise was successful. And right. it's, it's like, yeah, it was forced. So there were like some inauthentic moments that I'm not mm -hmm. happy about, proud of. Um, like I was on a podcast where they said, uh, are you, are you with Kira? I was like, yeah. Yeah, kind of. And they're like, but are you boyfriend, girlfriend? I was like, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so now I want to apologize <laughs> to, oh. to, to that podcast host. But um, it, yeah, it's been a, a weird thing to navigate. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I, sure because, I, like you said, you you 
you could build upon that, right? You could write a book, you can go on shows as a couple and show that, yes, paradise works. Paradise is great. Paradise is wonderful. But at some point you have to be really honest and be grateful for the moments that you shared and you learned. Right. I thought I could be slick with it where we, um, we were making jokes. I I was the first person to do it. Uh, I like posted a TikTok where I like, continued the bit of me being wide-eyed and biting my lip and like being like, uh, I don't know if I'm really into this. Uh, and then like a lot of people found that funny. And then Kira and I were doing a lot of other TikToks that were similar where she like was like uh, capturing me and like putting me in handcuffs and, and all that. Uh, and I was like, okay, good. We can, we don't have to clarify things. We could be ironic. We can kind of get into this weird meta humor and uh, kind of poke fun at, at the show. But then as it went on, people were like, oh, well, maybe they are together. Like, maybe this is more than just a joke. And um, it started getting more and more uh, difficult for me to, to feel like I was like really living in your truth. Authentic. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think we all get to that point where we're like, well, how long can this charade go on? Like, it might yeah. be cool for social media. It might be. So that. So you are single. So ladies, he is Romeo Alexander is a single man and he is great looking. I mean, just how many more times can I say that? And so with all that being said, we've talked a lot about standing in your truth and being fearlessly authentic. So what does it mean to you to be a fearlessly authentic person? We have two minutes left. (laughs) Oh, I think it, it means to, well, to not care about, uh, well, first off, to not care about social media and Instagram uh, and to not care about whether or not there are like short-term benefits or losses to things you do. Um, authenticity pays off in the long run. Um, yeah, I, I, that's that's my answer. That's how I'm thinking about it right now, um, especially in light of this breakup with Kira. Like there was even... You know, there was talk about how, oh, no, the breakup should be extended and dramatic, theatrical. We, the, the breakup should mimic, uh, you know, previous successful breakups. And I'm like, no, it's like, well, you could break up in some way just to maximize some other thing that is ultimately right. not important. This is who we are. I, I really appreciate everything. You've been so open. I really have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you. Thank you for being so open and truthful and authentic and being fearless about this. You seem like you've grown so much just from in talking to you and and explain Mm. you explaining the journey. So for those women listening um, who want to check you out, what's your Instagram (laughs) handle? What's your TikTok handle? Oh, it's uh, Dr. Romeo on uh, Instagram. So D-O-C-T-O-R double underscore Romeo. and on TikTok, I'm just uh, Romeo Alexander 89 because I was born okay. in 89. Oh, so is my daughter. Well, <laughs> Romeo Alexander, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And um, for everybody listening today, thank you so much for joining us today for this great conversation. And until next week, go live your most fearlessly authentic life. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. 
Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.